Aftershark MMA Show. This is Jim the Podcast Sherpa from Too Many Podcasts, and you've got a ringside seat to the Mark the Shark MMA Show. Let's get ready to podcast! Hi everyone, I am your host, Mark the Shark Retorto, and welcome to the Mark the Shark MMA Show, where every week we talk about the wonderful sport of MMA. To me, we will review the most recent and upcoming events in MMA news. In each episode, the format may be changed, but you will always be entertained. There will be special interviews with special guests, along with special insights on the sport from our guest hosts. Also, check out our Facebook page for news and updates on future episodes. Also, we appreciate donations from our listeners to keep our podcast up and running. You can make a donation by clicking on the Click the Support button found at anchor.fm slash Mark the Shark MMA Show. And that's Mark spelled with a C and not a K. We are also looking for guests who want to be on the show and sponsors who want to advertise their product and brand on the show. For more information, contact me on the Mark the Shark MMA Show Facebook page. Page. Also, for a plug-in, if you're looking for a good action thriller suspense novel, check out a book called The Cabal, The Saga Begins. You can find it on both Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com. It is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobooks format on Amazon.com, and paperback version only on BarnesandNoble.com, and the hardcover version is only available at www.retortofamilybooks.com. For a good book for your kid to read, check out I Am a Survivor or Invisible Girl, written by a little 11-year-old girl by the name of Christina Retorta. She has her books in Kindle and audiobook format and paperback format on Amazon.com and paperback format on both Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. And the hardcover version is only available at www.retortofamilybooks.com. Okay, everyone, keep on listening. We'll be back shortly after this break. everyone i got a good announcement for you other than this podcast i have now started a brand new podcast so check it out it's available on anchor and spotify and itunes called the mark the shark show and on this podcast i talk about everything else that's non mma related so check it out again it's called the mark the shark show All right, everybody, we're back on the show, and today we got Zane back to talk about UFC 263, which takes place next Saturday, June 12th, featuring Israel Alsanya versus Marvin Vittori. We also got Leon Edwards fighting Nate Diaz, uh, Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno, and Damian Maya, and Paul Gregg versus Jemiah Hill. Which one should we start with? Which one do you want to start with? I'm actually very excited to start with Brandon Moreno. Really? Yeah. He's yeah, he's pretty good, though. But that, that other guy has been doing pretty good. Actually, I think this, this is a rematch. I'm trying to remember. I think it might be. Uh, that's something that um, I think that everyone wants to see. I think that it's going to be a really exciting fight. I got a feeling that the champion is still going to take it. But 
Brandon Moreno, he he might be able to pull an upset. You think so? I think so. Uh, he hasn't. Uh, there was who else did he fight for the championship? He fought somebody else. Was it? He didn't. Fight. I'm forgetting now. I have to look at his uh, record. That I don't, information I don't have, but I'm pretty sure he had fought before. Uh, he uh, champion. He KO'd. This is going to be the rematch for it. But I'm trying to look up if he actually fought for the belt before. So I don't have his stats with me. But I think it's going to be a really exciting rematch. This is the fight I've been seeing. And even though the champion, he's awesome, I just think that Brandon has a shot at an upset. Yeah, it should be pretty good. I mean, it's just amazing how that guy Figueroa, like the first time he won the, he, he should have won the belt, but he didn't win the belt because he didn't make weight. And then he had to beat the same guy. I think it was uh, Benavidez, Joseph from that alpha. Uh, team, I, right? think so. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah I had to fight him twice because he messed up because of weight. But, but since then, he, he's been um, a tear. So technically, I think this is his – I think it's pretty sure. I don't have the stats in front of me. Let me just check it out real quick because I think this is his second title offense. But I'm trying to see. My computer is acting up here. It's like really slowly acting weird today. I just want to see something. Well, I'm taking a look also at his stats right now. And Yeah, this is the rematch. So technically – It's his third rematch. I mean, his third title defense. Right. But the two of them were with the same guy against Marino. Yeah. It, so that he, should be really good because Marino is pretty, pretty uh, tough, pretty tough kid. Um, good jiu-jitsu, decent striking. He's very well-rounded. I think he'll do well. He fought uh, Alan Perez. Yeah. He fought that was after Right. But he, he beat... Joseph Benavidez for twice. for the belt. Yeah, he beat Bought him twice. I guess they didn't have anybody else to stand up because the first time he didn't make weight, then he beat him, and then he did his uh, rematch. I mean, his uh, first title defense against Alex Perez, which he won by submission in the first round under two minutes, and then he, this guy actually. Went the distance with him the last time. He went all five rounds, and he won. Um, we won. It was actually considered a draw. So this will be it. So so Reno's got a good shot since this went to a draw. All right. So who should we talk about next? I'll let you decide that before we get to the main event. You want to talk about Nate Diaz? Um. You know what? Nate Diaz has been around for a long time. He's always a great fighter. One thing that I noticed about the Diaz brothers is, and I'm sure I know that I know for sure that you know all this too, is that they have an incredible, um, incredible amount of, I guess, uh, no stopping them. 
they're always coming at you, always coming at you. Their cardio is, is outrageous. And it doesn't matter how much you hit them. They just seem to never get tired. So the amount of abuse that they can absorb and their cardio is it, it's toughness. That is just absolute toughness. So uh, Nate Diaz doesn't look very tough. He looks kind of scrawny, but the guy is a beast. He, he just seems to knock people out with not very hard punches. He just keeps um, peppering you with that jab and that right cross and, and back and forth and back and forth. So he's always dangerous. Leon Edwards, he's pretty exciting though. He's he's young, he's strong. And everybody's been talking about him. They're like, you know, they've been talking about him since they've both been off the layoff, but obviously I think Nate Diaz has been a longer layoff because he only seems to go for the fights where he thinks he can make the most money. But the funny thing is I think he's gonna be the draw to this because I, I every time I if I ever go to like before COVID when Hooters was open. And I used to go to Hooters with my buddies. Normally, it wouldn't be that packed. But whenever Nate Diaz fights, it's packed. So even though I like Israel, and I think, you know, he's a, he's a very entertaining, I think the big draw for this is really going to be Nate Diaz. I don't well, know who's going to take that one. Well, he's got the slight edge to Leon only because he, I would say he was slightly more active. I told it. Like, I think he's been out since COVID. You know, almost a year. Nate Diaz, I think, hasn't been in a ring in like two years. So I don't know. I think I think it should be a close match, but I got a feeling that Nate is getting a little bit older and Leon Edwards does ha have the tools to uh, – he's got a lot of power. I think he's got speed. I think he's got stamina. And I think he's got good stand-up. The only thing is this. A lot of really great fighters, just like Leon Edwards – they get put in the ring with Nate Diaz and no one seems to be ready for never being able to take a break. The one thing that Nate Diaz is, he'll take a hard punch, he'll take a couple of jabs and he's still right there, right next to you. You can't take a break. And I don't know if Leon Edwards is going to be able to withstand that type of constant pressure. That's the one thing that Nate Diaz is great. He cuts off the ring he doesn't mind if you take his back. He doesn't mind hit anywhere at all in that ring. That he's just always dangerous. It doesn't matter. He could be all cut up and he'll hit you with an elbow and he'll win the fight. <laughs> yeah. His yeah. only weakness is his is his is his legs and his kicking skills, right? Like he throws yeah. the kick stupid and like the two I think the times he's lost were mostly when people were able to land those leg kicks hard. But you're right, man. But I, I, I think I'm going to go with Leon. I only think because he's a little bit more active. Just a little bit, you know. It would be interesting. It would be interesting to see someone actually beat. Now, when I say beat, not just win the fight, but definitively, like, make him give up. Not even just like, oh, due to a cut. But I want to see him either tap, or and he probably wouldn't tap. He'd probably just either go unconscious or... He'd let his arm he would go to sleep. Yeah. I mean, he's only been knocked out once. And I forget the guy's name. He's now, he was the former champion in Strike Force. And he's now a commentator on uh, Bellator. His name escapes me. Um, I think, uh, oh man, 
I have to look it up because it's bothering me. Bothering me. Hold on a second. That guy I know knocked him out. He came right over from Strike Force. I gotta look this up. He, lo- he lost in 2006 to Herman Franca, uh, and then he lost to Clay Guida. Yeah, but that's not the guy I'm thinking of. Uh, Josh Joseph- Thompson. That's the guy. Josh Thompson. Yeah, he was the former Strike Force champion, world champion, and then he went to the UFC, beat Nate Diaz, and then after that is. So he didn't do well. Then he went to Bellator. I think he lost to Bellator. Now he's a commentator. Oh, so wait. So he beat Nate Diaz not in the UFC? He beat Nate Diaz in the UFC. Knocked him out. Knocked his ass out, bro. <laughs> no no joke. What's his name again? Josh Thompson. I forget his his fight name. Um, Yeah, that was the one and only time that, that I've seen him. Okay. I like the way you want it. And then he lost to Jorge Masvidal TKO. But no, Josh Donson. Like, they have your TKO, but I remember him being, like, knocked, like, like, ah, like, out of it. I guess he tried to come up, and then he was swarming with punches. And then the next big one on the card would be uh, Damian Maya versus uh, Bilal Muhammad, who's a beast, bro. <laughs> and I know Damian Mayan is getting up there, but you know what? He always he's like um uh, if unless the guy's like a good striker, he's kind of like cowboy in a way where he always comes like he'll lose the title match, like he'll make his way up to a title fight, then he'll lose the title match, and then he works his way up. It's it's kind of weird, and he's done that in two different weight classes. Oh, actually, this is a different guy. I was thinking he was fighting a shorter, stocky guy. Yeah, this guy, um, let me see what his record was. I just had it here. Hold on a second here. That, that's how, I'm like, not, Maya is. I'm not very familiar with uh, uh, Bilal um, Muhammad. I'm not really familiar with him, but when... Like how how many fights has he actually had in the UFC? You know that's what I'm looking yeah, for right 18, now. Yeah, I'm trying to get his record. He's got 18 wins, three losses, and I'm just trying to see. The last he fought he fought Leon Edwards. So he fought Leon Edwards, and it was a uh, they called it an NC. So what is an NC? I guess what someone contest, got right? hurt. That maybe he got he got. I poked. Uh, someone got I poked. So instead of disqualifying, they made it a no contest. That's what it was. Um, I think it was him who got I poked by Leon Edwards. Yeah, and then he he beat uh, Diego Lima, whose brother is the middleweight champ in Bellator. Um, but he beat Lehman Good, who was good. He's been in the UFC for a while, man. I'm looking at that fight. I'm looking at the stats in the fight, and it looked like I think all his fights were. He's been in the UFC since 2016, so he's been around for a I'm while. Just looking at that particular fight, that particular fight, he was. It looked like the fight was pretty even. I would have to try and recollect, uh, you know, seeing the fight again. I don't even. I don't even remember catching it. But Leon Edwards and 
that guy Isn't really a finisher now uh leon edwards no muhammad right but i'm saying it could have been where he that ones by tko uh and in in the ufc most of his wins seem to go to the decision whereas damian meyer if he if he has a lot of his wins were by submission well let's play the logical angle right if muhammad can keep it on his feet and if he's better than than um maya i mean maya's not fantastic strike he did i have to give him credit though the striking did improve but not like significant like compared to other people in the UFC. and he still has that mentality the way he wants to fight for the flag of jiu-jitsu so he just learns enough skills to put his jiu-jitsu on display so he'll use his striking to set up the takedowns, take the guy down, take his back and submit him. Or he uses or he uses just enough wrestling just to get it to the ground. Sometimes he even throws in, he tries to pull a half guard. So we we know what's gonna happen. Right? If it goes to the ground, Maya's gonna win. Now whether whether Muhammad can keep it off the ground, that remains. Um I don't I don't that that's that's what I think. But Maya is like in like 40 years old now, so we'll see. Um that's who I think. And then we got let's go to the main event. <laughs> now, if I'm not mistaken, I'm going off memory here. Marvin is one of the few guys to ever last whatever, I think it was like before he was a champ, Israel was the champ. So he was the only one to last all three rounds for Israel. And if I'm not mistaken, I never saw it, but I'm just going off of what he said, that he actually thought he won that fight. I heard that too. And then when I saw Marvin Vittori fight, he just seems like, uh, he seems very opposite of Israel. He just, he's kind of uh, a little bit, to me, he seemed a little bit slow. He doesn't throw very, very straight. And he's very muscular. And he's a tough guy. And he kind of steps forward, you know, like uh, not exactly springs forward. And he, he seems to be a tough fighter kind of coming at you, cuts off the ring, and he swings at you. And he's just tough. And I think he wins his fights kind of that way. Israel is more of a sharpshooter. I don't. I don't really know him to be really a, you know, even though he knocked out people, he just doesn't seem to be, you know, where he's, he's looking for the muscle shot. He, he is going to try and he's going to land and it's going to land so quick, so fast, so flush that it becomes a knockout. But, you know, Marvin seems to be where if he hits you, it's going to be like a gorilla hitting you. So I, I think he's young, he's young, man. And here's a surprising thing, right? You look at Israel, he's 30. He doesn't look it. When I first saw him fight and I found out he was 30, I actually thought he was 24. You know, I thought he was a lot younger. 24 is a 24 is very young. But what I'm saying is I might be 31 now. 
He's yeah. a lot older than he looks. But 30 is, I think, a great, mature, experienced fighter's age. Now, you look at Marvin Vittori. I don't know how old he is, but he's probably comparable. So what I'm saying is if Marvin comes at him straight, what you absolutely have to do with Israel Alasanya is you have to make sure that you enter quick and you might have to take a shot or two, but you got to cut off the ring, enter quick, and you got to put him up against the cage and you got to keep pressuring him. But if Israel feels that he has space, then, you know, you're not going to win. Now, when, when Israel had his fight at 205, the champion at 205, I have so much more respect for him because he was able to stand up shot for shot and his boxing and karate skills were or kickboxing skills were excellent. Now, Marvin, I don't think he's at that level of having great kickboxing skills. So I honestly, unless Marvin can cut off the ring and put a lot of pressure on him and muscle him and, you know, beat him up, kind of make it a dirty fight, then I think it's going to be a long night for Israel. But I don't think he's going to be able to do that. I think Israel's well, got Here's what I think. If I was, uh, sorry, my allergies are bothering me. If I was able to be uh, the coach of Victoria, right, from Marvin, I, this would be my advice. My advice would be for him to uh, take him to the ground. He's got, he's got the wrestling. And it didn't seem that Israel was able to do much off his back um, when he fought at heavyweight against that guy. And if you notice, I can't even think of anybody that's taken him down in his weight division. So I think, right, either, I don't know if it's an ego thing or he's just got good takedown defense. Marvin's got pretty decent wrestling. I think he should take him down. And if he can keep him down, keep him down. But if he can't keep him down, at least wear him out enough at a point where he's afraid to exchange with Marvin, right? Because he's gonna, he doesn't want to extend. He won't be able to kick because he'll be afraid to get taken down. So I think if I was in Marvin's corner and I was training him, that would be my strategy, right? Now, if I was Israel's corner, I would be the opposite. I would be stick and move, stick and move, right? Constantly moving. This way, Marvin wouldn't be able to take him down, right? Because if you're a stationary target, you know, the wrestler's going to take you down. They can't take you down if you're circling. So, but we don't know. Sometimes these fighters get the good instructions and then they go in there and then they let their ego go, right? Right, like you get a guy that's a really good wrestler going against a guy that's a better striker at him, and then he just refuses to use his wrestling. He wants to strike with the guy because he wants to prove something, right? As opposed to just fighting to win. So I, I it all depends on who's smarter. Now we we know Marvin is obviously in shape, he take a shot, and is hungry, right? But Israel's slick, bro. <laughs> It reminds me of a young spider. So we'll see. I mean, I know Israel is training with Andre Gobal, you know, five-time world jiu-jitsu champion. That's who's his uh, main jiu-jitsu coaches. But we'll see. But uh, I, 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 he might be just doing that if 
he happens to go to the ground. I don't think he actually trains as wrestling because he's a kickboxer. Israel might not mind going to the ground. I'm sure he's going to want to keep it on the feet, but if let's say Israel finds himself in a position where he is defending, 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 he might choose to allow himself to get taken down and then just use his jujitsu skills. His jujitsu skills are decent, but like you said, if he's doing a lot of intense jujitsu training, I'm just going based on what I saw when he fought that heavy. They might have a game plan when they go to the ground and choose to make Marvin feel confident and then make a mistake. And then he slips in a submission. So that could be it. It could be something. He is is athletic. I mean, he's very athletic. I think if he were to really apply himself to jiu-jitsu, I'm sure he can get his skills on par with his. uh, Let's go to the Prima chick fight. So Lauren Murphy. You picked that one. We'll call it a day because I, I, I know you like that girl. I think it was one of the one you're talking no, about. No, it, it's, you know what it was? Uh, there's actually, I like both these girls. I'll tell you why. I think, one, I think they fought before. I think we talked about them before. This, this is bothering me, but I can't find the record of it. Uh, you know what? I, I would have to look it up. But I, the thing is, I like both of these women. Number one, Joanne Caldwell. She is this, you know, she's got this cute little accent. And then Lauren Murphy, I have a lot of respect for her because she went up against when she was on The Ultimate Fighter. There was, she was on the show where she went up against her coach and her coach just said, ah, she's like a cancer. You got to just chop it off at 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 the limb because she wanted to go on to the other team. She did not get along with her coach. Oh, and I had a lot of respect. Yeah, for that was wow. I think that was Ronda Rossi, right? I think was it. Was she on that episode with Ronda Rossi? Was that? It was not Ronda Rousey. It was when they had when the ladies had men coaches, and oh she, yeah, uh, Eddie Alvarez. I just don't Eddie remember. Alvarez is right. So she didn't get along with Eddie Alvarez, and and they just always been button heads. And then she goes on, and she does very well. And then Joanne Calderwood, she's a likable personality, um, you know, very, very sweet. So I like actually both of these women. Whoever wins, and to tell you the truth, I think it's going to be Lauren Murphy. Uh, I think Lauren Murphy is just a, uh, a tougher, more aggressive, uh, maybe harder striker. Uh, Joanne Calderwood is, is a, I think, good on the ground and has some good stand-up. But I think Lauren Murphy is going to take this one. Their, their records are actually very, very close. 14, 4, and 0, 15, 5, and 0. So I think it's going to be a good match. All right. All right, guys. Well, that's it for this week. Stay tuned for next week. Remember, always follow the podcast every week and the Mark the Shark live show on Twitch every Saturday at 3. All right, guys. We'll be back. All right, guys. You can keep up to date and see what's going to happen with the show by following us on our social media pages. You can follow us on Facebook at Mark the Shark MMA Show. And that's Mark with a C and not a K. And that's on Twitter at Mark BJJ Fighter. Again, that's Mark with a C and not a K. And of course on Instagram at Mark underscore Retorto. That's Mark, M-A-R-C underscore Retorto. R-I-T-O-R-T-O. Keep up to date and follow us. 
what's up world this is will and you are about to listen to the mark the shark mma show enjoy the show all right guys we're at the end of our show this is mark retorto i'm signing off and don't forget to follow us on our facebook page it's called the Mark the Shark MMA Show, and it's Mark with a C and not a K. And also, feel free to leave us messages by using the Anchor app. And also, don't forget, if you're look in the mood for a good action thriller book, to buy my book called The Cabal, The Saga Begins. It's available on Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. And if you need a good book for your kid, get the I Am Survivor book or Invisible Girl book written by my daughter, Christina Retorto, also available on Barnes and Noble and Amazon.com. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed the show and continue to listen to our shows every week. Thank you. Are you a fan of the Mark the Shark MMA show? Are you looking for some swag? Check us out on the web at www.marktheshark.mmashow.com where we sell t-shirts, hoodies, crop tops, hats, beanie hats, anything you want, check it out. Are you also looking to become a guest on the show and be interviewed by me, Mark the Shark Retorto? Well, go to the website and sign up as a guest. Are you looking to become a sponsor? Go to the website, sign up, take advantage of the wild range growth of the sport of MMA and be have your business and service advertised to millions of listeners and listen to this podcast every week worldwide from everywhere. Check it out. www.markthesharkmmashow.com.